Welcome to Freightways Live. I'm Craig Fuller. We're excited to have you. And we're even more excited to have Shelly Simpson here, the Chief Commercial Officer of J.B. Hunt. Shelly, it's been a while since you and I have had a chance to catch up uh, virtually. I would love to see you in person. Hopefully, we'll be able to see you this November. But I'd love for you to recap a little bit about what 2020 looked like in COVID. But more importantly, I want to focus on the future. You guys have a lot of exciting announcements. Uh, your stock has been on fire for good reasons. You've done really well. W bring us up to speed on the latest with J.B. Hunt. Well, thanks for having me, Craig. And I hope you're doing well. More importantly, your wife with those twins at home. Uh, so I hope all of that is going well for you. We're excited to be here, too. And we are more excited to be it in November where we can be live um, for us. I'm ready to get on the road. So 2020, you know, it was an up and down year, but it, we were so focused on making sure we met commitments that we had made to our customers. And as you know, Craig, there were so many variables that were hitting us across the board in the supply chain, mostly from the dislocation to begin with, and then moving into more labor challenges as we progressed through the year. Then we went to budgeting 2021. We thought that would be a lot better and a lot easier. And we've already missed all of our budgets uh, really starting in January with 21, not just repeating some of the dislocation and labor challenges in 2020, but actually accelerating in a lot of uh, the issues that are we're all facing, our customers, the railroads, J.B. Hunt as well. So um, we are excited. We're leaning in with our customers, really helping them solve for their supply chain needs. I think that's where we thrive as an organization when there is disruption happening in the market. How could we bring more solutions, more answers to our customers, carriers, our people, uh, all the above? So we're excited about the future and what 2021 will be. When you're referring to the budgets from January earlier this year, you just talking about you guys beat, you exceeded the numbers that you had set out for yourselves, or is there other pressures such as you mentioned labor, everybody's dealing with labor issues. Was it on both sides of the table or just one that was sort of an outlier? Well, I mean, when I say budgets, I mean, normally we can pick what revenue and expenses will do. Expenses have far outpaced uh, what we have expected overall. And I think, you know, in the revenue side, we've been talking to our customers, really trying to help. Our customers have been challenged more than they've expected from a labor perspective. If you just look across the board in the U.S., where the opportunities are, particularly in more hourly positions, warehouse labor, um, that's impacting our customers. That's impacting anywhere in a final mile supply chain as well. But that whole disruption has been an opportunity. We've also seen major railroad issues from weather, but also what's happened from a derailment perspective that was early on in the year that I think caused some of this disruption as well, or really outside of anyone's control. But um, that's what I mean when I say budgets have uh, not been as relevant. We're already having to work on forecasting and what will our cost side look like so that we can talk to our customers about the revenue piece as well. Yeah, I saw your earnings released, uh, talked about intermodal margins being compressed. I think it's obvious what's happening there. At least from a practitioner, it's obvious uh, in, the, in the industry. Just everybody is stressed right now. I got to ask, you've been doing this a long time. Have you ever seen it this just dysfunctional and dislocated and broken across the country and across the world? Well, I mean, I have in pockets. I, I, this month, Craig, I'm celebrating my 27th anniversary here. And so I've seen a lot of seasons. I've been engaged with customers really since day one here. Um, so I, we've had those experiences where we've had to talk about weather or uh, snowmageddon or, you know, 
recession, all of those things um, throughout the course. But I, I would say this has been the most challenging. And I also believe that the challenges that we're facing, particularly in the labor market, and that has to do with drivers as well, um, is longer this period, particularly because of COVID. So I think that in combination what's happening from an import perspective, um, just the supply chain across the board having pretty big issues. Yeah, but it's in some ways there is a silver lining to all of this because now people realize how important a robust supply chain is and partners they can depend on. I mean, one of the sort of upsides to all this uh, dysfunction and dis, uh, destruction that's happened with the supply chain is that it's given an opportunity for companies like JB Hunt uh, and others in this ecosystem to be able to deliver more value, to be more responsive and more adaptive in the marketplace. Um, I would imagine that's been good in terms of how your customers see you as a partner versus just a commodity player. And they always imagined, uh, they imag imagined they always saw JB Hunt as that, but even more so now. Well, I mean, I think relationships matter. I've said this before at um, the conferences I've attended there at Freight Waves that, you know, technology is going to drive our organization, but people will really what be who solves problems for our customers and builds relationships. And I think that always matters, but also just, you know, how can we answer for the supply chain problems today? So, um, you know, we've been very focused on making sure whether it's one pallet to everything a customer has in North America, that we can ship that, whether that's um, directly with our own assets or actually um, with a provider that we've had on board and trusted and true for many years. So I think that that answer, being able to solve for our customers versus um, kind of maximization of what assets we have, I think that puts us in a little different position. And, you know, Craig, I grew up on the asset part of our business. That was my first 12 years. And that's important. It's important to understand what is it like to, um, you know, work directly with our truck drivers and our maintenance technicians and our office employees. And what does a network look like? And it is important to maximize those assets. But when you solve for the bigger problem, which is how does a customer need to move a good, sometimes when all you have is assets, that might not be the best answer. So it was really when we put together asset and non-asset, I always say that moment that we started that was like cussing in Sunday school. I'm starting a non-asset business in an asset-based environment. Um, but I think over time, our customers understood and our people and our drivers understood that we'll be able to solve more for customers. We can grow, and that's going to benefit everybody in our entire ecosystem. Now, Shelly, in fairness, J.B. Hunt has been doing a lot of things that were uh, against the grain, putting trucks and trains uh, on the, you know, putting uh, freight that should have uh, would have had Trishan gone on a truck and a train was was uh, certainly transformative when uh, uh, Mr. J.B. Hunt did it. I imagine that's built into the, the culture of the business. And then recently or more recently, you guys have doubled down on digital brokerage at a time when your brokerage business was really scaling, you sort of went a, a little bit further than what a lot of the other providers have been doing, but that's gone exceptionally well. Well, I mean, I would say we're digital freight matching. So that might be a little difference than kind of what we've been or what you hear in the industry. We don't think digital brokerage really is comprehensive enough or really brings the right answer to creating the most efficient transportation network in North America, which is our mission as an organization. So the, the way we do that is to think about all modes, all transport and all, all goods. How can we really create that um, system where you can have the right visibility, transparency, and access 
to information so that we can transact in the most efficient way. And so when we think about that, we started in the place we could operationalize it first. So we launched JBN 360 in April of 2017. Craig, I remember so many people said that's not going to work. You know, carriers aren't going to want to connect that way and customers, that's not going to work. But we have heard that a couple of times, to your point, like intermodal. And, um, you know, we had been talking to our customers. We've been talking to carriers and they did want a different way to transact. And so where we started first was really in our brokerage part of our business. It was easiest and first to operationalize a lot of hard work to do that. But it was kind of first up. Then we moved into different parts of our company. And now we think about JB Hunt 360 completely comprehensive as an organization, not just in the brokerage space, but how do we think about all five of our segments and what our customers need? How do we connect those two? And how is the Box 360 doing? You, you rolled it out a couple of years at our conference. I see those trailers on the highway, so Yay. I know that they're out there. <laughs> I get excited, uh, but how is it doing? How is it going for you guys? Hey, I get excited too. I think I think you'll remember that this was an idea that actually was spurred from our customers in the fall of 2016. We gave them a pre-look in our JBN 360 idea, and that was the first place they wanted us to think about it. We were already building it for the live load, live and load marketplace, but we said, okay, we'll go to work on that next. And that took us a bit um, to really connect, understand what our customers wanted and bring that to market. It helped that we were scaling in the brokerage part of the business first. Um, but Box has gone very well. We did just announce a $1.25 billion capital um, spend as an organization to really onboard more equipment on behalf of our customers. That's about 12,000 more intermodal containers, 3,360 boxes, and more tractors and certainly uh, equipment that's needed to help support that. So 360 box, we've doubled the investment there from really how our customers have responded to it. I think, Craig, we could grow even more significantly than that, but we want to make sure that we're thoughtful, that we're understanding the carrier's needs, what our customers are needing. As a result, we're still building our technology out inside that space, so we are super excited about the growth. But I think when we think of the truckload market in total, being able to bring a live load live unload market and a box network and really combining those, we think that's where a lot of the waste exists today because our customers operate in two separate uh, segments, if you will. They have brokers and then asset players. Really, JBN 360 allows those two to come together and start to fill in the gaps where asset providers really need that live load, live unload freight, but it also complements the work of a traditional brokerage. Now, one thing you mentioned, and I imagine 360 plays well into this, but the labor shortage that exists in this industry. I mean, truck driving is a tough job. It's not for everybody. And it's it's one that is, is really difficult to find uh, folks that want to do the, particularly the long haul over the road market. How is Jimmy Hunt addressing that? And is it, is just a matter of fl providing flexible capacity options for shippers? Well, I mean, when we think about the, the long haul job, you know, there's segments of the market that really do actually enjoy that job. It's interesting because so many people say, wow, do your truckload carriers or truckload drivers, do they want to move over to intermodal and dedicated? My answer is yes. I mean, we have career pathing for all of our drivers, um, but you would be amazed that we have some of our intermodal and dedicated drivers that actually want to run long haul. They like that irregular route. They want a little bit of mix up. So I think that's really good that we can do uh, a little bit of everything. But when you think about the carrier, 
carrier community, how small and fragmented carriers are, particularly what's happening in the spot market today, Craig, they live in that transactional world more and more in the very small carrier community. I'm saying five trucks or less. So for them, a long haul shipment with a lot of revenue, kind of a guarantee. Some carriers want to do that. We also have other carriers that just want to run local. So I don't think you can pigeonhole any one person into an area. There's, I think for the job, there is a level of respect that has to be given uh, to professional truckload drivers, but we also have to make sure that we eliminate that waste. And you've heard me talk about that. That is near and dear to our hearts. The one third of their 11 hours completely wasted on three and a half million trucks every single day. That We think technology can really bring that efficiency that's desperately needed uh, in making the job a much better driving job, whether they're local, regional, or over the road. I think if we can really focus in on the inefficiency there, we'll make the job a better job and attract more talent. Yeah. Uh, someone, uh, some, a story that I'm passionate about is the dwell and detention and the fact that the driver ultimately is the one that uh, is paying for that. Um, while companies can recoup their costs, uh, and, uh, you know, there is a cost to that. It's ultimately the driver's time uh, and inconsistencies that really impact them. Recently, you guys announced a partnership with Google. I'd love for you to dive into that, what it means for J.B. Hunt, what it potentially means for the industry. We aren't a highly promotional organization. We don't tend to announce all of the work that we are doing unless we believe it can be impactful to our customers, our people, or we can help in the industry as well. And I think that this was an important um, alliance that we've made together. You know, it didn't start that way. It really started with us thinking about our multi-cloud strategy and JB Hunt 360 and how we really should uh, make sure we understood the capabilities. But it really was the strategic conversations that we had about the big problem statement in the industry. You know, you've heard me say before that we want to be able to track a shipment as simple as I can track a pizza to my personal home. It should be that simple. Uh, but it really is a complicated problem. There are big issues inside the supply chain that we want to solve. And we think that our alliance with Google can help us co-innovate and bring new products to market. Uh, that's a key reason that we have made an alliance, but also just their expertise when it comes to data science and machine learning. You've heard me talk about the data points that we have now and the connectivity with uh, you know, other vendors that we do business with directly inside the platform, but also just shipments and capacity, being able to take that information and really create meaningful insights and help our customers do more prediction and more work that's beneficial to them. So taking it from a, what I would still call a very analog, antiquated um, environment into um, more what e-commerce is used to, or maybe what we're used to as consumers. So um, those are just a, a few things that we're thinking about. Certainly there's there's a lot more. Um, I would say we have very aspirational ideas to also very um, specific ideas that we've been talking about for some time. So what, what would, would a consumer of J.B. Hunt or a shipper of J.B. Hunt see what is the result for them? What what are some of the technologies? And maybe you can't share the roadmap <laughs> per se, but tease it a little bit. Is there something coming down that uh, folks will be able to enjoy that, what this partnership means? 
Well, you've heard me say that we don't believe that JB Hunt has all the great ideas. We know that they're really great providers and great vendors that have great ideas as well. It's one of the reasons that we have created the Alliance with Google. Um, but we want to create an ecosystem. We want to make sure that we understand how we can best solve for our customers, but we know we're not the only ones that can solve. But it is necessary to create a true marketplace, not to digitize manual work, it's really to create a true marketplace. And so I think that is something that would create advantage for carriers and create advantage for shippers as well. And, you know, I think that JB Hunt can get advantage from that too. So I think it's something that everyone can win in that scenario. Um, I think you'll hear more coming from us as we continue to develop our ideas and bring those to market. But um, we are laser focused on a couple of ideas right now that we do plan uh, to really bring closer to market towards the end of the year. That's awesome. I look forward to hearing more about it. It was certainly exciting to see a company like Google uh, makes a significant uh, amount of an investment in the space uh, through a partner. It's interesting because there's a lot of tendencies of companies in the Silicon Valley and technology to want to sort of take over a market themselves. It was very interesting that they uh, decided to partner with uh, J.B. Hunt, a company that's incredibly well positioned in the market to to help them succeed and, and uh, also help you guys build better or more uh, dynamic technology uh, in the space. So Shelly, what's next? What does the rest of the year look like for you guys? We're going to help our customers really solve for their supply chain issues here in 2021. We know it's going to be chaotic. We hope that we can all uh, bring in more, closer to what we've all budgeted uh, from a cost perspective. That's going to be important to us with our customers that we can help them be right, help them move goods. Um, you know, if there is a bottleneck that's happening, we still have to solve for whatever our customers are asking us to do. So we're laser focused on making sure our customers are taken care of, that we are creating raving fans um, through our relationships and the work that we're doing with customers and with carriers. We are long-term focused. It's one of the reasons that we stay uh, with making sure we understand what our customers expect of us. We honor those commitments, but we want to exceed uh, everywhere that we possibly can. We'll be focused on that. And as always, we want to make sure that we keep our say do culture, make sure that we create a more inclusive environment and continue to build on who the organization is. I think that's a key part of who we are and how we want to do business. Being a say do company is important to us with our people, with people that do business with us and our customers. Yeah, you guys recently announced uh, Craig Harper is over sustainability, uh, a key executive at J.B. Hunt that's leading the charge in sustainability. Uh, it's a pretty significant move to put a senior operational executive in that uh, role. What was the what was the reason for Craig and uh, where does that what is the roadmap look for you guys? Well, Craig, you just hit on it. I love what you just said. That's a pretty big deal to put a senior operations leader in that space. And that's exactly right. And that's why we did that. Um, you know, if you know Craig, you know, he is a constant learner, insatiable appetite to learn. He's actually um, full of really big ideas and forward in how we should be thinking as an organization. He's always been that way, but Craig's leaned into this space quite a bit. We know this is an area that we are focused on, that we want to continue to move forward. Sustainability is a big part of who we are. If you just think about our intermodal routes and taking shipments off the highway in a more efficient way to move goods, but also um, the trucks, the equipment that we buy, and our 360 platform. 
You think about the number of transactions that happen through the platform that helps us reach our mission to create the most efficient transportation network in North America. So he's laser focused on what we need to do there. I think that was a huge highlight of not only the great work that Craig has done, but also what we want to do as an organization. Yeah, it's a fascinating time. And it, I don't think ESG is certainly, it's going to become more important uh, as a female executive. And I, and oftentimes this conversation comes up and, and people talk about female executives. And I think it, it in some ways is, is remarkable that it's a conversation, but it's really a, in some ways, uh, a testament to how few women are in leadership positions in this industry. How do we fix that? Well, I mean, I, I think the first thing is um, when I ask companies in general, Craig, um, you know, what is your inclusion strategy? I know how people respond to that, how important it is to their organization. And um, you would be amazed how many times that when people first meet me, they say, oh, um, I want to talk to you about women and I love women and I'm married to a woman and I have women as daughters. And it just gets to be this really awkward conversation where I think, okay, that's awesome. Um, but they're not really sure. It's a little bit, I, I, I sometimes liken it to, um, have you ever been to the San Diego Zoo? Oh, yeah. Okay. So I remember the first time I went there and I saw uh, the Tasmanian devil. There was a sign for it. And I'm like, I thought that was only in the cartoons. Is there really a Tasmanian devil? And I start looking in the cage and I see there it is. And I think sometimes because you don't see a lot of females in leadership, particularly in our industry, I feel like that from time to time. When in reality, I think it really is about being more inclusive, thinking about how can I include not just females in the industry, but we really have to think about that from a full perspective. So do you really have employee resource groups? Are you committed to making sure that every single person in your organization feels respected and heard? And I think that is the heart of creating an environment where everyone wants to come to work, whether they're introverted or extroverted, whether they are uh, male or female, whether they are gay or straight, whether they are from Arkansas or from somewhere else in the country, you really have to think about how can we bring the best of every single person and bring, let them bring their whole self to work. I think that changes the conversation and people don't talk about females in leadership anymore. They talk about having the very best people if you are inclusive in your thought process, you will be thinking about all of those things and so much more uh, than even what I've talked about. It's much more than gender and um, color. It is very much about each individual and making sure that they feel represented. And it's not an easy journey, Craig. It is a learning journey. It's something I'm constantly learning about. Just because I'm a female does not make me an expert in how to really be an inclusive leader. So I'm constantly getting challenged myself on how to do that. I would say putting people out of their comfort zone is the fastest way to think about being inclusive as an organization. How's that for yeah, it, <laughs> Well, it's, it's an important topic. And in some ways, what's happened over the last year has, and so it's really forced us to have those conversations where uh, at times it's, it's like, yeah, we have diverse, diversity and inclusion, but it's not, there isn't a lot of momentum there where now it's, there's an expectation that you're like every other KPI in your organization that you're managing to a KPI. And that's, that's ultimately not just to fill a quota, but to actually drive towards the results. And I think it's, uh, important as an industry that is as traditional as trucking has, has historically, we have to evolve. And I just was trying to get your perspective on how you've seen J.B. Hunt and other organizations uh, really manage that evolution as we look for, for uh, building our businesses for the future. 
Yeah, I think the other thing too, Craig, and you'll know that we've gotten so much further is um, when people say, I'm looking for a really great leader to speak at X, Y, or Z event. And that really great leader um, could be a male or female. It could be some someone uh, that has a different differentiation. But today we actually have to qualify it. And I think anytime we're having to qualify those discussions, it just means we're on a journey and we need to keep moving forward. The best thing I love about our organization is, um, you know, if you think about our professional drivers, 20,000 of our 30,000 employees are professional truck drivers. And when we think about inclusion, we think about our drivers first out on the road, um, really at the front of our customers every single day. How do we make sure that they feel included uh, when we're back here in Lowell or at a site or any of those things? It's it's much more than just um, conversation around our female sitting in the seat. It's it's really about how we are helping people feel value. Yeah. Well, Shelly, it's been a great conversation. I look forward to connecting on this. I have one last question for you. Bold prediction next five years. What are people should be people be looking at that there that are, isn't currently on their radar? Um, well, I do think autonomous will continue uh, to have great conversation around it. And you'll hear a lot of buzz about it. And there'll be um, some pilots and there'll be definite application. But I think the speed at which asset-based organizations will actually be a blend of everything, not just uh, assets only or brokerage only. I think you're going to see companies consolidate. I think you'll see companies taking the best of uh, both scenarios and really bringing to customers a better answer overall. Think more like e-commerce. You know, there's not a great e-commerce platform that doesn't have everything available for a customer. Um, I think that as carriers or as brokerage companies, we'll start thinking about that more. And instead of thinking about competing against each other, we'll think about um, better collaboration, being in an ecosystem, solving more together. Yeah, it's going to get mode agnostic at some point. You guys are certainly well positioned for that. Uh, I look forward to the day where it is no longer all these you know, human elements are sort of uh, there's less uh, exceptions that are involved in the industry and all this stuff is is relatively automated. So, but we, we've got a long ways to go. J.B. Hunt is certainly uh, helping to push that. Shelly, really appreciate your time. We're going to hopefully see you in Chattanooga at F3 in, in November, uh, but we're also taking the show to you guys in Northwest Arkansas. I'm really excited about that. So uh, I think, uh, you know, the center of supply chain uh, in North America, it certainly takes place in Northwest Arkansas. So we're certainly excited. We'll see you there. Love that. Thank you, Craig.